Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hmm. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. Speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors get swept by the Detroit Pistons by a score. <laughs> Losing their third game to the Pistons within the last calendar month uh, by a score of 118 to 104. Uh, look, listen, the Raptors are down bad. They're, they're really down bad. Um, you know, I was talking to my good friend Blake Murphy. Of course, the, uh, the best, the absolute best to uh, ever cover the Raptors. Uh, the Athletic, check out his work. Of course, you know who Blake is. But anyway, I was talking to my, my good friend Blake before this game. We're having like a you know distance hang with with some beers and stuff like that, um, and you know of course we ch- chatted Raptors and you know I, we didn't even talk about tonight's game really it didn't really matter to us but you know I, I kind of just like asked him you know before we left I was like yo there's no way they're winning tonight right and he's like no there's no way <laughs> and yeah I mean you know that's just a tough place to be in when like you know me and Blake we're probably two of the most like obsessed people about the Raptors specifically, but two of the most obsessed watchers of the Raptors. I mean, obviously it's our job, so I'm not saying this. I mean, although we would do it anyway, but still, uh, don't tell my employer. Um, but it's it's got to be a really bad place to be in when two of the most obsessed people about the team immediately look at a game against the Pistons and just say, "There's no way they're winning." And this was before Kyle was announced that he was in. I mean, Kyle was barely in. He clearly did not look 100%, didn't really impact this game, didn't really play much. Um, Yeah, it's, 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 the Raptors are just down bad. I mean, you know, of course, circumstances are not good, back-to-back, things like this. Uh, that's, that's never easy. Um, You know, they have uh some circumstances going against them. I guess some guys are out. I mean, not really the most important guys. They did have the most important guys. It's just... They didn't have it in them, and it was clear from the start when the first play of the game, I think Saban Lee drove right past Fred Van Bleet for a layup. He might be good. I don't know. To be honest, he's looking better than Malachi, and he was a second-round pick last year. In any case, um, you know, Saban Lee drives right by Fred for a layup, no help at the rim, and it's like, okay, that's not good. It's not good. It's really not good. And then, um, you know, the rest of the quarter, I mean, Fred... I think he had like 11 in the first quarter, man. He hit like three really difficult threes, got to the basket for a tough two. And he was doing such a good job of getting into the paint, touching the paint and kicking it out. And whether he was getting the assist or he was kicking to the corner and the corner man was swinging to the guy at the top of the floor and that guy was hitting the threes with the, the hockey assist. Um, Fred was doing a good job. Of, and, and, this, and by that, I mean he was carrying the whole team. Of course, the Raptors just were playing no defense. And you can always tell, man, if the Raptors don't play defense in the first quarter, that game is a loss. I mean, listen, you can also just turn on a TV and tell that, the, oh, the Raptors are playing? That's a loss. But in any case, um, you know, Fred was kind of holding them together a little bit, and then he checked out. And then it just completely fell apart. Um, the Pistons bench, 
just washed the Raptors, which happened all three games. The Raptors have played. The Pistons have just washed the Raptors. No matter who the Raptors have put out there, it doesn't really matter. Um, and, you know, you, like six minutes into the second quarter, the Raptors are down 21 to the Pistons. And I'm like, yo, the game is over. And there's not really a hope of making a comeback. You just tell the guys didn't have it. Like the frustration was, they were giving into their frustration rather than um, sort of, like maintaining their composure to make a comeback. I mean, listen, at the bare minimum, to make a comeback, you need to be composed, you need to be together, and you need to get stops and defend. And the Raptors have just been unable to stop the Pistons, who are not a good offensive club. I know we probably watched way more Raptors games than any other games, and don't nobody ever watches Pistons games. It's not even like Pistons fans, I don't think. But at the same time, I have to tell you, the Pistons are not a good offensive club. They don't do this all the time. It's just that the Raptors get washed by this team. And it wasn't, oh, you know, Wayne Ellington got hot or Sadiq Bey got hot. Although Sadiq Bey made some tough shots. Whatever. I like him, man. I, I mean, let's go back to listen to the, the draft preview podcast. I thought if the Raptors somehow saw Bay on their board at uh, 29, they should have drafted him. Absolutely. But I mean, I'm not pretending to be a draft expert by any means. I'm, you know, just like to brag when I'm right. But in any case, uh, yeah, like they just... The Raptors are just not there. Like, they're just not there. They're, they're kind of there in body, but they're really not there in mind and spirit. And you can see this team falling apart in ways that are very uncharacteristic and very ugly and, and very sad to watch, quite frankly. Of course, we love this team. You know, obviously, a lot of these characters we've seen throughout uh, multiple winning seasons. We've seen them go to the championship and win. Um, and we, even last season, we saw them have the second most wins in the NBA and go to a game seven in the second round. Like we've seen lots of good things from this club. We've seen a lot of, you know, attachment. And I think when we turn on the TV, that's what we're trying to hope to see. We're trying to see some of that fight. We're trying to see some of that composure. We're trying to see some of that execution that led them to be such a good defensive club and also, you know, decent offensively. But, um, I don't know. I mean, when you turn on the TV nowadays and watch the Raptors, you should really only be expecting one of two things. Okay, one, the type one of the Raptors games right now is they fight really hard and then they find the most excruciating way to lose possible. Uh, Whether that is and, and they have found so many ways to lose. I think, you know, watching the Raptors in the last like seven, eight years, like I have been spoiled in like, you know, seeing wins over and over again. And I really have just seen ways the Raptors have won, whether that's on defense whether that's with, you know, making the extra pass, whether that's running a great, you know, execution, you know, out of a timeout for the final play. Like, uh, you know, we saw Corey Joseph on the, the Pistons tonight. Corey Joseph hit a game winner against the Wizards because the Raptors ran a great play going to the corner and, and, and Corey Joseph got in a pass from DeMar DeRozan. Uh, you know, you know we, we've seen the Raptors win on a number of ways. You know, we've seen Kyle take charges for the win. We've seen all these sort of stuff, right? Um We've seen the win just getting offensive rebounds and shit. Like, all sorts of ways to win. And now, this season, we are finding out all the ways that it is possible to lose. The other game against Portland, um, you know, the way to lose was playing Stanley Johnson and Chris Boucher down the stretch against Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum. Like, that was not going to work. Uh, you know, we've seen Pascal drive to the rim and miss a finger roll. Um, you know, we have seen guys turn it over before the last shot is even fired. Like it's, it's, it's that kind of year for the Raptors. So, but that is the type 
that's that's almost the best case scenario when you watch a Raptors game. It's like you watch, you see them compete. You have that fight early on. They have a lead. Usually comes apart in the third quarter or the fourth quarter. They get a real long cold stretch, and then they battle back, and then they fall short. That's type one. And then the other type, number two, is um, they just have no ability to play hard. They're not playing together. They're not defending, and they just get washed. And the sad part is, over the sweep of the by the Pistons, the Raptors have seen the full gamut of Raptor fan emotion at the moment. Uh, you have, you know, on one end, just like really dispiriting, and I, and I mean that in terms of like that loss to Portland yesterday was so dispiriting. Uh, you know, because they lost in close fashion, because they played good, but then of course they also played really bad for one quarter. But because of, of course, we just seen the trade went on. I'm sure Gary Trent Jr. wanted to stick it to the Blazers. I'm sure Norm wanted to stick it to the Raptors. You know, there was that, you know, element as well. And it's dispiriting to the point where you watch this game and you, you see the Raptors not there mentally. That fight that they had yesterday was not there today. So that, that's, that's one end of the spectrum. And then the other end of the spectrum is just like, you know, almost dissociating like you don't even like the Raptors are there in body but not mind like and they're making mindless plays I mean by like you know you'll just see like in the end of the second quarter for example which was the worst quarter for the Raptors tonight was the second quarter that, that I mean they were just terrible I don't want to look at the numbers they were just bad just take me my word for it they were bad but there's one play where they're running their staggered screens option for 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 the guy in the corner and right now it's for for Fred in this case and Fred comes up to receive the ball from Malachi Flynn, who's handling on the other side of the floor. And the goal is to have Fred come across the two screens, and either he's wide open for the three, or he has his man trailing behind him, or he's tight, and maybe he curls and heads towards the basket, okay? And what happened was Stanley Johnson just bailed on the second screen and just, like, I don't know, forgot the play, miscommunicated, didn't hear the play. I don't know what happened. But Stanley turned around to receive the ball as if the play was for him. And it was like... Yo, you guys have to know what play you're running, right? Like, what play you're running? Like, it, it that's a very basic thing at all levels of basketball. Like, freaking grassroots basketball, AAU basketball, like, middle school basketball. Like, you know, if you're running, like, just like a f- three on three in the park, like, you should know what's happening, right? Like, you, you can't have two guys come expecting the ball. Like, simple stuff like that. They're just, they're, they're blowing, their defensive assignments are blowing. And you can see the broadcast. Like, once a game, somebody pulls Chris aside and says, yo, this is what you did wrong defensively in that possession. And I don't even mean to sing out Chris Boucher. He might just be the worst defender of it, though. Um, but there's no cohesion defensively. They make errors. And it kind of goes up and down the roster, really. Because, you know, you saw Fred. I'm, I'm not trying to single anyone out. Because it goes from the top to the bottom. First play of the game, Fred allows a drive-by, like literally a blow-by right to the basket. That's bad. No help with the rim. That's even worse. That means no one was paying attention on that play. Like, yo, that's the first play of the game. You're not paying attention? Like, what's on your mind? What's on your mind? What's good on Netflix? Are you are you watching, like, the, like, <laughs> are you watching Ugly Delicious and you're thinking about, you know, what, what, uh, what Dave Chang might do next in terms of freaky Asian food? I don't know. But anyway, like, what is on your mind? Like, Pascal, what's on your mind? Like, he picked up two fouls, like, right away and was complaining the whole game to the referees. And every time, he would complain. And I'm like, all right, refs are screwing the Raptors again. And then they show the replay on Sportsnet. And it's like Pascal pushing a guy in the back for a rebounding position. And it's like, yo, 
doesn't matter if you're a star. It doesn't matter if you got a max contract. Like, that's a foul. A foul is a foul. Like, a foul is a foul. And, and that's just kind of what it is, right? So, um, you know. And, and Pascal was in foul trouble the whole game. He picked up his fifth foul, like, eight minutes into the f- third quarter. And it's like, yo, when you know you have four fouls, don't foul a guy on a box out. Like, what are you doing? And then, of course, the final play of the game, he gets fouled down on a box out. And you know what? I don't fully blame him for that because, yo, Pascal's not supposed to be playing center, right? Pascal is a big, I guess, but he's, like, small forward size. Like, when you see him play against Jeremy Grant, they're the same size. Jeremy's probably a little stronger than him, especially since Pascal had COVID and lost all that weight. But, like, you know, they should have a center down there so that someone's small is not having to overcompensate and uh, pick up all these fouls. That's stupid. But, of course, that's that's another issue that we can talk about. But it's just the team is not together. It's it's sad looking at this team. It's sad when the camera pans over to Kyle Lowry and he's got the prayer hands on in a game against the Pistons and the Raptors have no chance of winning. It's sad when they pivot over to Nick Nurse and he looks dejected. I mean, Nick Nurse... Like Nick Nurse looks like a like a little boy lost in the mall without their parents. Like he he's like walking around Sherway Garden at the moment in like the, the the big Roots store that's there or the big Bay that's there, and and he's uh he's like looking for his parents. Like that's that's what he looks like from the from the jump. And over the course of the game, it's bad. Um, and the execution just has to be a lot better from the guys. Like and and, and you know, I think they have it in them to compete. And of course. You know, you can always point to that. You can always say, well, you know, we can't compete with the teams. We've seen the Raptors even beat teams, right? I mean, it's been a while since they... It's literally been over a month since the Raptors beat anyone other than the Houston Rockets, who also beat them. Um, So, what does that really say? But, you know, like, this team is just... I don't know, man. If it's a circumstance, if it's whatever, like, I, I get it. Like, it's a bad season, for sure, right? Nobody signed up for this, right? But at the same time, like... I don't know, man. Like, there has to be, like, a level of, like, not even just, like, professionalism. There has to be a level of professionalism that goes into this, no? And I know that's rich coming from me. Like, I'm unprofessional as hell on my job. But I'm just saying, like, there has to be some sort of, like, care factor that goes into all these games. Like, there has to be a care factor that allows you to guard the Pistons better than letting them shoot 51% from the field, including 50% from three wide-open threes these guys were hitting. Wide open. Like, what about rebounding? What about all these other things? Like, the mistakes. I mean, like, you know, you got Hamadou Diallo, who's like six foot four, on the Pistons bench, having 10 rebounds. And no one on the Raptors had more than six. Like, you know, that. how's that right? And, and Hamadou just got there. You know, you want to know a crazy stat about the Pistons? This is the craziest stat about the Pistons that I've ever seen. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen that many Pistons stats. Whatever. This is one of the craziest stats about the Pistons this year. Their longest tenured player is Sekou Damboya, who, you know, famously Dwayne Casey compared to Pascal Siakam because Dwayne Casey has this, like, rare condition where he compares every player to Pascal Siakam. He, he did it with uh, Bruce Brown and stuff like that. I mean, you know, he, every every player he's, he, he sees is he sees Pascal Siakam in that player. In any case... Seiko Namboya is the most, the longest tenured Piston. And do you know when Seiko Namboya joined the Pistons? It was last season. He got drafted to the Pistons last year, 15th overall. So we're looking at a roster. For the most part, they have more new players this season than they have returning players from last season. Uh, most of their main core guys are different and been swapped out. And they still have given 
great efforts. Like when you've watched the Pistons play the Raptors the last three games, they have played with a swagger. They have played with a confidence. They have played with a belief that is way beyond a team that is 13 and 33. Like, yo, they got a worse record than the Raptors. Like the Raptors are, you know, like four games ahead of this team, five games ahead of this team, four and a half. And, and, you know, like the Pistons, like, yo, literally 25% of their wins are against the Raptors. And yet they have played with this swagger and confidence that the Raptors have just been completely bereft of. And that's, that sucks to watch. Like it just, it just is like, how many times are the Raptors going to play the Pistons and get bullied by the rookies? Like Isaiah Stewart comes in, makes all these tough threes and, and or makes these, these, these confident threes and he's, He's, he's beasting guys down low. And Frank Jackson comes in, and he's, he's just a random guy who they picked up, playing hard as hell, giving them 12 points off the bench. Diallo, he just got there for, you know, I, I don't even know how he I don't To be honest, I don't know how most of the players got to the Pistons, okay? But in any case, Diallo's just there, giving them 19 and 10. Corey Joseph just arrived for DeLon Wright. He gets you 17, 5 and 5 off the bench. You know, like, what's who's this guy named? Tyler Cook? What Who is this? I, who is that? Like, you know... Tyler Cook comes in and, and, and plus 15 in 13 minutes, gets a tough and one to drop off a baseline cut, is staring down our guys, and it's like, yo, what's going on? Like, how many times is this going to happen this season? It has been a tough year for the Raptors, I understand, but, you know, there are just kind of layers to how low they can get, and we, we keep seeing that now. And, you know, if, if you say the Raptors are tanking, I will say yes. The, the circumstances of this will be such that the Raptors will end up in a season that has been tanked. But was it intentional? Was it the plan from the start of the year? Was it even the plan of the trade deadline? You can tell me maybe the plan of the deadline was to tank. I mean, they were trying to sell, They did, but they they sold halfway. They didn't sell their most important trade piece, which was Kyle. Right? And, and you know, uh, that's it's hard to say you sold when you didn't sell the main guy you wanted to sell. And uh, it's also hard to say that you were tanking intentionally from the start when the Raptors came into the season with all intentions of being competitive as they always are, and they just are what they are. I mean, it's tough to watch. And I do feel bad for some of these guys. I mean, all of these guys, really. The circumstances are bad. But, like, come on, man. Like, you don't think it's bad being a Piston? You don't. You really don't think it's bad being a Piston? And, yo, the, you know, just you still have to have, like, a belief and swagger about yourself, man. I mean, it goes along in any facet of life, but especially as a professional athlete. You got to believe you can do some of these things. And the Raptors kind of lack belief. They lack belief tonight. And, you know, they, they made a little push at the end. I mean, I don't even want to talk about that. I mean, it was not a real push. Uh, in terms of some good things that happened, I thought Fred got up to a great start, but then really cooled off, started taking some bad shots, started forcing it. I don't like that Fred only had one assist. It's uh, it's not enough. I, I understand people weren't really hitting, but at the same time, one assist is too low as a guy, especially who had the the ball tons, like twenty shots tonight for Fred. One assist that's not acceptable. But he did get off to a good start. Fred got pissed and he, he kicked the stanchion at one point, uh, and then you know he left the game with you know a, a strained knee and he finished the game. So hopefully he's okay. But of course he is one of the minutes. Uh, per game leaders in the NBA this season, and it's going to be very tough to replace what he does or just to um, not have him on the roster. I don't think the Raptors have won this season without Fred. Um, what else? OG had some nice moments. You know, he's really trying to expand his skill set. I know you still look at 6 for 12 as 6 for 12, but in a game where no one was really creating, OG has really been forced to create more, take more shots, be more aggressive. And I, I like what I'm seeing for sure. 
Like, I think one really tangible, small thing today, I mean, it's like, maybe it's insignificant, maybe it's just a one play, and maybe I'm reading too much into it. To be honest, how much do you really want to read into uh, everything that happens right now? I mean, it's, it, it's there's not a lot of good things to read into. Let's So let's look at the positives. Um, you know, the other game, as I mentioned, after the Raptors lost to the, 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 the Blazers, you know, there were a few possessions where OG was trying to drive it against Yusuf Nurkic. And I, and I said the, the more prudent move would have been to uh, go for a jumper there instead of trying to take a center all the way to the basket and beat him at the rim. It's not like OG's not strong. It's not like, it's not like OG's not long and, and not crafty. Or even that he doesn't have good touch because he does. But that's just not the smart play. And part of being a, a good offensive player is making the right reads, making the right um, under making the having an understanding of what to do at each specific moment, and um, we you know we we saw today for example when he had Mason Plumley isolated one on one, drove on Plumley, uh, got him to back up, and then pivoted, turned around for a short turnaround jumper, and um, yeah, I, I love that. You know, I think that that's a, a, an example of a guy getting reps that are productive, that are going to benefit him long term, and that's the goal right now. It's development. When you tank. The, the key word is the nice way to say tank is development. That's uh, that's that's tank in French and uh, development. And um, yeah, I mean, that's 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 what OG is doing right now is a lot of development. And um, I, I think it's going to be useful. I think obviously there's going to be good sequences and bad sequences. Uh, the one thing I don't like is the fact that he has to play center. And I really don't even think the Raptors should even allow him to do this for the rest of the year. Only because... As I asked him post game, like OG, you've been playing center. A lot of these guys are bigger, taller, stronger than you. OG is obviously very strong. I'm not trying to insinuate he's not strong. Just like yo, there are some like seven footers in the NBA, and you know if he has to box out a guy like Isaiah Stewart who's like 260 pounds, um, how's that feeling for you physically? And he even admitted that yes, there are bumps and bruises, and it's sort of taking its toll. And yeah, I mean, I I don't want to see you know as, as my guy Sahal uh, pointed out on Twitter, um. You know, it's not even fair to pass on OG to, like, constantly wrestle with these guys. Like, what's, what What are you doing? These are arguably two of your most important players in, in, in the franchise moving forward, along with Fred. How are you just going to make them play out of position? Like, even if we're tanking, that's fine, man. That's fine. We can tank. Just sign a big. Just to bring them in so that, they, you know, they just at least take on that, that, that toll. Because, like, you're not going to win playing this anyway. And... Even if you and and you know at least you would avoid some of the wear and tear, and you could still lose with a replacement level center. I mean, damn, you see Aaron Baines coming in all the time. So, um, yeah, I liked what OG did today. You know, confident in his corner threes, dri- driving inside, making cuts, some hard fouls. Um, but yeah, OG, you know, nineteen points consist- consistently, three blocks, consistent um, production since he's returned from injury. Um, Pascal, I mean, he made three baskets late, but just was a non-factor throughout the course of the game. It did a good job of setting other guys up, I guess. You know, the Pistons did double him quite a bit, but I don't know. Bad game for Pascal, man. Stop fouling out. Like, this is ridiculous. Uh, although, to be honest, this is where, again, having a center would help because then Pascal's not having to box out bigger dudes. And when you have to box out bigger dudes, you got to try some things and maybe you pick up some, uh, you know, rebounding fouls, which, like, man, it's... You know that that only makes it worse because you don't you don't a you don't get possessions and b one of your most important players gets in foul trouble. Like again, get a front the front office needs to come in and get a big. I don't even care like you know, it's some great buyout big. I don't want them to you know go get like Blake Griffin or Lamarcus Aldridge, Andre Drummond, even Gorgie Jang. These guys are way out of their class. 
I just mean who led the who led the G League in rebounding. If that guy's available, bring him in. Just put him in the center so that these guys don't have to play center because it's it's outrageous at this point. Um, Gary Trent, I, I liked his game tonight. Fifteen points, thirty eight minutes. Found his uh, offense a little bit more, which is really nice to see. Um, but you know, uh, you know, I, I just think it's realistically he doesn't fully know the offense yet, and that's obviously not a not not bad for him, but uh. You know that's that's not on him, um, but at the same time, like uh, you you know you want to see him be involved in the offense. You want to see what he can do and what the team wants him to do and and what he likes to do, so that everyone can kind of work together. Obviously, he's here for the long term once he's resigned the summer. And yeah, Gary is um, you know I, I liked his game tonight. I mean, he had the play of the game where I mean, you know, Gary made a tra- made a cut um, you know down the middle of the lane on the Pascal post up or something. Pascal hit Trent. With the pass and Trent, while catching the pass, he's midair, spins 360, whips a pass, no scope, 360, no scope to OG in the other corner. Um, and OG was able to knock down the three. I mean, it was a very pretty play, very, very pretty play. Um, and, and that was great to see. Apparently, Trent and OG are sat beside each other on the plane on the way to Detroit from Tampa. And they apparently talked the whole plane ride, which. Um, I mean, good for them. You know, good for them. There's, they're both like 22. I think OG, no, I think OG's 23. Gary's 22. So finally we have a player younger than OG. Um, Seems like they both love PlayStation. They both love fashion. Clearly both big basketball players. Like, uh, you know, just become friends. It's nice. You know, they're probably the two guys on the team that have the highest Q rating at the moment. So, yeah, it's nice to see what Gary can do. Uh, knock down some threes early on. I think the Raptors can probably run a little bit more for him. And I think one thing that Gary kind of talked about today in the, in the presser was just, like, he likes the ball at a specific spot. And that's something that's very you know, specific, but it's also important because uh, every every shooter has a specific motion, you know. And uh, I forget who pointed this out. I really want to give credit because it's really astute observation. But a guy like Gary, his, his form, he has a bit of a dip on his shot. So he likes to bring the ball up from lower which generates more power on the shot and maybe create more distance, more arc, whatever. But the point is that the the, the fact that the ball starts lower and then he lifts it over the course of his body um, generates some, some power in his shot. And that's a big part of, of what makes him successful as a shooter. So, of course, that being a preference, other guys need to learn where, where Trent likes the ball, just like everyone else needs to learn where everyone else likes the ball. And that's a learning process. But uh, I, I was encouraged by what I saw from Trent today. His best game as a Raptor. So... I mean, aside from that, Boucher, you know, four blocks, but didn't really play great on defense. Um, I, I don't know. That's some some sort of, you know, it's like an anomaly. It's but you know, it's it is what it is. You know, it's 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 like um, I don't know. It's like when you see guys lead the league in steals, and like half the time that 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 means they're a gambler, like Allen Iverson leading the league in steals. Like, come on. Um, Utah came in, gave great energy. I love that he rebounds. Just play him more, man. Play him. And I think one of the reasons Utah hasn't gotten minutes is I, I do think that, like, the Raptors have needed this size, right? Because Boucher has, you know, not been able to play center. He's been playing power forward a little bit more, a lot more. And that means someone else has to play center. And they need that size. So, like, Stanley and Baines are in there. I mean, honestly, just play Utah, man. Utah rebounds just as well as both those guys. And, you know, like, you, you say, oh, yeah, play Aaron because he's strong. He's big. It's kind of big for nothing. One rebound in nine minutes after zero the other night. Like, yo, even the broadcast is dissing them. And the broadcast is nice. Like, literally the broadcast is owned, our co-workers with the players. They're owned by the same company. They are, you know, <laughs> Sportsnet and, and, and are the people who own the Raptors, right? So, 
they are coworkers, and yet you are you are hearing lines on the broadcast. You know, um, Matt saying just out of nowhere when Baines checked in, no rebounds for Baines last night, and Leo saying, yeah, but you know, he had some physical fouls, and I'm like, what, what do you mean, but? <laughs> I mean, you mean and? <laughs> the, the words words are important there because it you know having physical fouls did not do anything to dispel uh, what he did. In terms of not rebounding. And then Baines missed a wide open three. And Leo just says, all teams will give him that all night long. And it's like, damn. People are fed up. People are fed up watching this. And you know, I can't blame them. Really, I can't blame them. Uh, in terms of your three stars from tonight's game, I will put Gary Trent as the first star. I said after yesterday's podcast, you know, after Rodney got his first, uh, you know, his first uh, star of, of as a Raptor. I'm hoping Gary follows suit, and he does. First star for Gary, 15 points, four rebounds, five assists, two steals. I like that he played under control. I like the shots that he took. They were, you know, they were decent. Um, they were within rhythm. Um, you know, I, I do want to see him get more than a mid-range pull-up because I do think that you're not going to create too much for your teammates when you're looking for that mid-range pull-up unless defenses really guard you up there, like, like DeMar, for example, and you can draw fouls on it. But I like that he took it hard to the rim in transition one time. Uh, made some good passes, made some good cuts. I like Gary, man. Intuitive player, seems like a good a guy with good vibes. And um, if he's already friends with OG, then he's definitely friends with everybody. Uh, then he's definitely a friend to everybody in the Raptors community. Uh, second star, speaking of OG, that's that's OG. Um, unfortunately, his, his streak of first stars is snapped. But uh, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 blocks for OG. 6 of 12 shooting, 3 of 8 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. Um, yeah, he's, he's doing his best out there, and... I mean, if you look at his direct assignment, Mason Plumley, you know, didn't really score much. Three turnovers, five personal fouls. OG was up in people's faces. Just unfortunate OG can't guard everybody because, you know, well, I mean, if they could, I mean, the Raptors would be the greatest team ever because OG is literally a lockdown defender at every position. But yeah, OG did well. Um, and I like seeing him expand his skill set. And then third star, not a lot of places to go with this. I'll go with Fred. Mostly just for his first quarter performance. I mean, he, he, the rest of it was bad, but no one else on the team even played one good quarter um, outside of uh, Gary, OG, and, and and Fred. So, yeah, 22 points for Fred, five rebounds, only one assist. That's disappointing. But uh, it is what it is. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, uh, it's got to go to um, Amidou Diallo. 19 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, a block, two steals. Kind of giving you a little bit of what uh, Derek Jones Jr. gave uh, the, the the Blazers last game. You know, both of them be obviously being dunk champions um, with with the freakish athleticism, the activity. Uh, the Pistons bench just came in and out hustled the Raptors, which you know the Raptors bench aren't going to score at least hustle, and, and they don't even have that. So, but there's a lot of places to go with this man. Corey Joseph was there, Isaiah Stewart was there, Sadiq Bay was obviously killer as he was once again, Saban Lee, but. I'm tired of seeing this team, and I'm so happy the Raptors are done playing the Pistons. Because, yo, man, Dwayne Casey has really swept the Raptors in two of the last three years since being fired. And uh, that's that's tough, man. But, you know, listen, I'm happy for Dwayne. Obviously, that he's been swept many times in his career. And, uh, you know, it's, listen, any way you can get it back, you got to do it. So, I'm sure he's thrilled. Um, and, you know, for the Raptors, I mean... You know, I, I guess they could uh, regroup and play against OKC the next game. So we'll see what happens. You know, Raptors are obviously down bad, but maybe they can get out of it. Uh, so I, I appreciate everyone for listening. My goodness. Like, if you are listening, if you're looking for more Raptors content after watching that Pistons game, um, 
I would just have to say thank you, but at the same time, love yourself. Uh, but in any case, yeah, I appreciate it very much. If you want to see more Raptors content like this, subscribe to the Raptors reaction newsletter. Getting a lot of uh, emails in, which is great, fantastic. I love exchanging um, notes with the, the the listener and getting people their chance to have their say on the team. Oh, by the way, if you're sending in questions to the mailbag, just keep them a little bit shorter because I obviously it's going to look bad if I publish like six paragraphs. So I'm having to summarize some of these. I, I don't mind it though. I don't mind. I'm just saying, like, get your get your thoughts out for sure. But um, I think being succinct is, you know, as coming from an editor, uh, being succinct is is, is a virtue um, when you write. But in any case, I appreciate it. Subscribe to the newsletter. I'm going to drop a link to it in the podcast description. And yeah, the Raptors have a day off tomorrow, so that's fantastic. We're going to really need it. And uh, I'll be back when the Raptors play the Oklahoma City Thunder. See you guys. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.